Welcome to the EQ Minds Recharge Your Mental Health podcast. I'm Chelsea Pottinger, the host of this show and founder of EQ Minds, where we empower you to take care of your mental health and well-being. My book, The Mindful High Performer, is available worldwide. Click the link in the description to get your hands on a copy today. Discover how to make small changes to feel better every single day. Today, I am very excited to be joined by Kemi Nekvapil, who is one of Australia's leading credentialed coaches for female executives and entrepreneurs. Kemi is also a professional speaker, facilitator, and has worked in the wellness industry for more than 25 years and holistic leadership for 10 years. Having studied leadership and purpose at the Gross National Happiness Centre in Bhutan, trained as a yoga teacher in India with a 23-year yoga and meditation practice, Kemi understands there is a process for meaningful connection to ourselves, our work, our families, and our communities. In her coaching practice, Kemi works with leaders to unlock the obstacles that prevent value-based leadership. And as a facilitator, Kemi designs programs and speaks to global organizations. In 2018, she was invited to Richard Branson's Necker Island and sat on a panel discussing humanity at work and is a Virgin Unite alumni of 100% Human at Work. Kemi also sits on the Australian Human Resources Institute Advisory Panel, exploring the future of work. Training with Dr. Brené Brown in Texas in 2019, Kemi is a certified Dare to Lead facilitator, working with teams and organisations to create daring leaders and courageous cultures. She works with organisations like Atlassian, Foxtel, Acor, Business Chicks, Zoom, Wonderlust, just to name a few. Kemi is also a lead facilitator for the Hunger Project Australia, leading immersive leadership programs to Africa and is a mentor for Australian Indigenous mentoring experience. She is the author of three books, Raw Beauty, The Gift of Asking and bestseller Power, A Woman's Guide to Living and Leading Without Apology and has recently released the Audible original podcast, Power Talks, with Kemi Nekfapil. Kemi is a mother of teenagers, a wife, an endurance athlete running 42 kilometres, and a dedicated gardener and an early-stage flower farmer. Kemi is not only a wonderful human being and a friend, but we also often cross paths on the keynote speaker circuit. I can assure you that today's show is packed with invaluable insights that you won't want to miss. Let's get started. Well, it brings me so much joy to welcome our guest today to the show. Welcome, Kemi, to the EQ Minds podcast. I am so happy to be here, Chelsea. Thanks for inviting me. I think one of the best places for us to start, because I know your beautiful story, but I want my audience to get a little bit of a deeper understanding of who Kemi is and the incredible work that you do. Oh my gosh, what is that phrase? I am multitudes. Um, <laughs> the thing that comes to mind right now is that I am parenting teenagers. That is that is a real that is a real um, chapter of life, and the opportunity as a parent to change and nourish a different relationship with our children. Um, I am an executive and personal coach. I'm an author and a speaker. I have Nigerian heritage. I was born in England and lived in England for 28 years. And I have now been in Australia for nearly 20. So it's not going to be long until I have been in Australia and have been an Australian citizen for longer than I have been an English citizen. 
I live in Melbourne on the land of the Rwandari, and I'm also an aspirational flower farmer. So that's a little bit of an insight into who I am and my story. I didn't know the last part. Oh, don't get me started on the last part. It's probably just best if we. <laughs> you felt like yeah, yeah. So, Kemi, one of your books, I've read both books, and the one that I loved was your most recent called Power, A Woman's Guide to Living and Leading Without Apology. And so my first question is, you know, what happens when we fully embrace our own power? Mm, What doesn't happen when we fully embrace our own power? So for the listeners, I will share that the Oxford Dictionary definition of the word power is the ability or capacity to do something in a particular way. And I think it's really important that we understand what power actually is as opposed to what we have been told it is or what we may have experienced. So yes, there is a form of power that is about dominance. It's about scarcity. It is about I will have it at the expense of you, that it is a limited resource. But the power that I speak about in my book is a power that is the complete opposite of that that my power does not in any way mean that you have to have less. My power does not mean that I have to in some way way degrade your personhood so that I can elevate myself. For women in particular, I believe that our relationship to power, depending as well on our intersectionalities. So, you know, we're speaking to women in the book. I'm speaking to women in the book, but I'm also speaking to anyone that identifies from coming from a marginalised community. So those of us that have been told, and obviously my intersectionality is also being a black woman, for those of us that have been told in any way that we do not have power or that we are powerless or that our power isn't, and I say in inverted commas, real power, this book is about us understanding why we have believed that we are powerless and then looking at ways that we can rebuild and acknowledge a power that we all carry inside of us, even if we have been told, one, that we don't, or that if we share it, it is dangerous, or that we will be punished for it. And the reality is that women are very often punished for our power. We are still burnt at the stake, even in this century. It just looks a very different way. So the book is not about 21 days to power, and then your life will be fine. The book is about stepping in and out of our power all the time. Sometimes we give away our power because we're smart and we know that's the only way to remain safe in certain spaces or places. Sometimes our power is taken from us and we don't even realise what's happened. And sometimes we have to then just keep rebuilding our power again and again. So for me, the book is about the power of taking ownership of when we're in our power and when we're out of our power and what are the steps that we can take to rebuild it again and again and again. That's incredible. I'm, I'm dying to know what, what are the simple steps we can actually do, like maybe just one step that we could do to start rebuilding our power if we've given it away or if it's been taken away from us. Well, the reality is, is that this sense of powerlessness looks different in every single person. And as a coach, it is not my job to give tips or to give advice. It's my job to share stories and ask questions. What I talk about in the book is this idea of the power acronym. So I've broken down the word power into principles that I believe are what most of us want. So it starts with presence, then it's ownership, wisdom, equality and responsibility. And I think I'd want to ask a question from the first principle, which is presence, which is to ask the question, 
what area of your life is working right now and then what area of your life is not working right now. And I think the third question would be, where are you more in your power and where are you out of your power? And I think that most of us would find, regardless of our situation, whatever season of life we're in, the areas of life that are working are the areas where we feel a sense of ourself and an ownership of ourself and we're integrated. The areas of our life that are not working, we have probably in some way either given our power away or it has been taken from us. So they would be the three kind of trifecta of questions that I might ask a listener just to begin and then to jump all the way to the final principle, which is responsibility. I think my question would have to be, are you waiting for permission from someone to do what it is that you want to do? And if so, whom? And why? That's very powerful. I think, you know, one of the, that's one of my favourite pillars of your power acronym is around that responsibility, accountability, ownership, how can we be more responsible for the circumstances we find ourselves in? One of the things I talk about a lot in that part of the book is that, you know, we all have wounds from our childhood, from our adulthood, from trauma, whether it's recent in terms of pandemic trauma before that. And we can wait for the world to make it better for us. We can hope that perpetrators are going to apologise. We can hope that our boss is going to become kinder. We can hope and we can pray, and yet we have to take responsibility for something changing. And I don't want to offend any listeners that have faith. When I talk about pray, I don't mean pray as in actually praying for something and manifesting something within your life. I mean kind of your fingers crossed but sat on the couch watching Netflix kind of praying. (laughs) Um, And so for me it is knowing, and this may be harsh to, to hear, but my lived experience is that no one is coming to save us. And one of the gifts that I have had as a black woman navigating mainly white spaces and reading fairy tales as a child, none of the princesses looked like me. None of the princes looked like me. So I always knew as a young girl, there was no prince coming to save me. But if I was going to chart a course in my life, I was going to have to learn how to ride the horse. And I was going to have to learn how to do all the things that the prince might do. Now, that has a shadow side because that was why I wrote the book, The Gift of Asking, because then that led to no one is coming to save me, therefore I must do everything on my own and I cannot ask for help, you know, because that's weak and that's vulnerable. So I will say there can be a shadow side to any of our behaviours. But for me, responsibility is the most powerful tool in our professional and personal development toolbox when we realize there are certain aspects of my life that aren't working and yes I may not have caused this circumstance but I do have a level of agency in how I respond to this circumstance and that may be that you are in a job where your boss is unkind maybe it's a toxic work environment and you know that if you left that job your mental health would be better but you're holding on to the amount of money that goes into your bank account every single month. And my question to my clients around that is always, okay, I understand how much money you get in the bank. I understand the lifestyle that you want, but what is the actual cost? 
And that takes us off on a whole new conversation. So taking responsibility for what are the things that we want and what is it actually costing us is a real inroad into owning our power. So one of the things that I love that you always say is, you know, what is one action today that will cause you to shift forward? Do you think it is just as simple as that, recognising it, asking those beautiful reflective questions that you brought up? What can I be responsible for today? What can I own? What's the simplest thing? Mm -hmm. Is that what our listeners can do? Like thinking about that, the smallest, simplest step to shift. 100% and I am very committed to setting myself up to succeed in my life and I'm committed to my clients setting themselves up to succeed. So it's always one action. Sometimes I'll have a client say, I've got 17 actions I'm going to take between now and when we next speak. I'm like, no, you don't. No, I mean, in your head you do, but let's have a look. Didn't you just tell me you're a mum of three, you have a full-time job, you're looking after your mum and, you know. Um, So one small action. I think any of the questions that we've already explored in this time, but around it could be what do I need to take responsibility for in my life, that could ring true for one particular person, but the other question could also ring true, which is what am I not taking responsibility for so one person's going to hear what do I need to take responsibility for and one's going to hear what am I not taking responsibility for and then the question after that would be so what one thing can you do today to take responsibility and generally Chelsea my experience has been as a human also navigating the human experience it's generally one phone call or an email like the first action it's not to do the bungee jump, whatever the equivalent of that is in work, personal life. It's to have the difficult conversation or to book the appointment um, or to renegotiate the terms of not even necessarily a, a work contract, but of where I'm meeting that person for dinner because they always make me drive to the other side of town. They never come to my side. I or So we complain and moan about that person, but we haven't actually said, hey, can we eat at my side of town this time? You know, so it's those little things around where can we take responsibility, whether it's the big things or the small things, because there's magic that happens when we take responsibility. It doesn't make life easier. Not at all. It can actually make life harder, but it gives us agency and we all want agency in our lives. Brilliant. And then, then the the last question that you that I love that you ask is around when will your action be completed? <laughs> because it holds them to that. 100% because part of my job as a coach is to get very clear with my clients around tangible and measurable results. So if somebody says to me, I want to get healthier, I'm just like, I have no idea what that means. What does that mean? Does that mean you need to drink more water or less water? Does that mean you need to eat more vegetables or less vegetables? Because one can eat too many vegetables and that doesn't work either. Um, So for me, it's always what is a measurable and tangible action in the world that if you did it, I would know and you would know if you did or didn't do it. And so would the stranger at the bus stop. And so by when is really clear, I will have that meeting with my boss by 3 p.m. on Friday. I will talk to my teenage child about why their laundry has been in the laundry for seven years. Um, Maybe that's just me. Um, uh, Whatever it is, but to make sure that there's a by when. And what I talk about a lot in my work is I'll say to a client, if you don't take that action that you've committed to, fantastic, because that gives us feedback. 
because in this session today, we think the reason you're not taking that action is, let's just say, because you haven't had time or because you haven't had the clarity on what the actual action is. If we then meet again in our next session and you haven't taken that action, we get to explore what is going on. That's just feedback. That's not you're bad, you're wrong, you're a loser. Why didn't you do it? It's like, oh, let's get curious. So what was it about that action? Maybe it was time, but it's been I haven't had time for three sessions. So there's possibly something else going on. Why don't we get curious about that? Brilliant. Brilliant. There's no judgment. It's just curiosity. 100%. Let's unpack this. My mum gave me some really cool advice when I was little and it kind of rang true when I was asking this mentor at the start of this year to be my mentor and my husband's like, there's no way he's going to mentor you. He's like the busiest human being in the world. And I'm like, hey, my mum always said it's already a no if I don't ask the question. <laughs> so sure enough. Yep reached out and he's my mentor you you know and otherwise I mean you know if I didn't ask that question I'm still in the same position it's already a no if I don't ask yeah we often discount ourselves before anyone else can discount us it's a way of bypassing vulnerability 100% oh this is so good Kemi uh now given that this is a mental health podcast I need to ask you my final question around what do you do? Are you uh, one of the also busiest human beings that I know with what you've got going on? What are three ways that you currently take care of your mental health? I know you've just been away in Bali for two weeks doing yoga, focusing in on writing and nourishing your body. What else are you doing? Well, I have to tell you, Chelsea, I'm not busy. I'm an anti-busy advocate. That's oh, I like this. Yeah, that supports my mental health. So I know that not everyone has this chance or choice, um, but as an entrepreneur and as a business owner, I very much have crafted and created a business that I am not busy. I do not do my best work when I'm busy. I'm overwhelmed. I hate everyone that I meet, even my family. So I don't do busy. But what I do do is I spend a couple of hours to myself nearly every single morning. I need that because I'm an introvert. I need that because I have practices that I've been doing, but I can now say for 30 years that have me connected to myself before I then reach out and serve and connect with other people. Um, So for me, journaling is very important. Spending time in nature is very important and moving my body in some way is very important. Um, So they're the things that are my go-tos. And with moving my body, I realised through COVID If anything else went, because I'm in Melbourne and those lockdowns got pretty severe, I had to sweat every single day. That was my non-negotiable one thing. And then depending on how I felt, I think part of my mental health as well is that I'm actually pretty kind to myself. I don't, I don't go around with a whip, whipping myself into life. I, I, I try to be as kind to myself as I can. That's beautiful. Anti-busy. Everyone jot that down. I think we all need to be more anti-busy and have really good boundaries. Cammy, I could chat to you for hours. For my audience, where is the best place for them to learn more about what you're up to? To go to my website. So that is Kemi, K-E-M-I, Neckvapil, N-E-K-V-A-P-I-L.com. And everything is there. And I also have my podcast, The Shift Series, which is a short form podcast between five and eight minutes around self-coaching. So if people would like to check that out, that'd be wonderful. Thanks so much, Kemi. You're so beautiful in here. 
and out here. I'm so grateful to have you as a friend and as a colleague in this space. So thanks for joining me today. Thank you, Chelsea. And thank you for the work that you're doing in the world as well. It really is a delight to be in your orbit and to do this work together. Thank you, Kemi. This podcast and the information contained therein is made available for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide medical advice. This information should not be used as a substitute for competent medical advice from a licensed specialist, doctor or psychologist. Thank you.